You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers uh, defeat the Iowa Hawkeyes 74-68 in just an incredible up-and-down basketball game that saw a gutty performance by a lot of Indiana Hoosiers uh, all the way through to the end uh, to pull out the victory. Uh, Real quick, Indiana jumps off to a a nice lead. They get some uh, good bench play. I'm sure we'll talk about that. They have a 17-point lead at one point, take an 11-point lead into the second half, and then they lost a little bit of their defensive intensity, matched with Iowa's excellent guard play, uh, and got the game back to a close game. Iowa takes the lead. It goes back and forth uh, a lot of the second half. And then at the end, you had uh, an outstanding performance by Khalil Ware on the offensive glass, getting some key baskets and ones uh, to keep Indiana close enough. And then they had enough stops at the end and hit some free throws uh, to put it away, some big shots all the way uh, through uh, the game. Very successful night. Unfortunately, there's a couple injuries that we won't know about uh, until we get some uh, word from uh, the Indiana Athletic Department. Malik Renew went out at 17.05 mark, and Xavier Johnson uh, took a really, really hard fall late uh, in the game, and he was out the last 2.12, I believe, in the game. And so that's the the negative hanging over. But we're going to talk about this um, excellent win uh, all night tonight. So stick with us. I'm your host, Coach Brian Tonsone. I'm here with Coach Bob Motes and Ryan Phillips. And we're going to break it down uh, for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. But let's start this show the way we start every show. And that is with our banner moment. And, and there's so many ways that I can go with this, but I first want to say Project 44. Uh, both teams are wearing uh, the T-shirts for uh, the, uh, Andrew Smith. I hope I. I'm so excited about the win. I think I got that name right. He lost his life. Uh, and and there's a a bone marrow transplant uh, organization and in college basketball. Kudos to Indiana Athletics, Iowa Hawkeyes for supporting that. That that's to me the banner moment. That disease needs all the attention it can get. Uh, and then as far as basketball goes, Anthony Leo is, is my banner moment. As, as someone reminded me on Twitter that I didn't think he'd get many minutes uh, a few weeks ago uh, over C.J. Gunn, and the young man has stayed with it in practice. He's always been a good leader, and now he's putting a performance together in practice, and it came over into the game. Uh, career high today of, what, 13 points did he end up with? Uh, 13 points seven rebounds, uh, and some outstanding passing outside of uh, any assist that he uh, got tonight. And he just was the spark. Uh, Indiana, uh, when he was on the bench, went on a 12 – or when he came off the bench, was on a 12-0 run in that first half and hit two big threes when they were doubling the post uh, and was ready with his feet, a good shot preparation, and knocked down the threes. Indiana hit five threes early, and it set the tone offensively uh, for a good half of basketball. Um, so just just outstanding play. But our banner moment today is sponsored um, by uh, Home Field Apparel. Home 
Homefield's now in their seventh season sponsoring Assembly Call and their third as a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you know more high-quality gear with unique IU logos from the past is always right, right around the corner. And they're coming out with some new gear. Uh, I've been fortunate to see a sneak peek. I've been told that I can't share what's coming out for IU, but it is absolutely fantastic. Look for a social media hit next week and go buy some more uh, gear. But it's not just IU. Homefield's uh, product line extends to well over 150 colleges, universities, plus the Colts core collection and much, much more. Nice Indiana crew neck here. No matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly and isn't shy about showing its love for the Hoosiers. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. We're going right to you, Ryan Phillips. Indiana breaks a three-game losing streak with a real gutsy performance. What What's your rant tonight, buddy? You know, I think that this game, the show changed about four times throughout the last half of basketball. It went from, wow, this what a great performance. They really stepped up when they needed to, to, oh, God, everybody's injured and they're going to lose. To They blew a 17-point lead to... Again, you could quibble with a lot, but just the one word that comes out is just toughness, man. Those kids played their tails off all game, shorthanded, uh, fighting against, you know, certain decision making and certain things that happen. I mean, you know, guys didn't play perfect. This was this was an ugly basketball game, but the tougher team won. And there is nobody that personifies that toughness like Anthony Leal. I mean, that kid's career uh, like to just be sitting there for three years and to be able to come off the bench against Iowa in a big 10 game and have the best game of your career, hitting three of four threes, grabbing seven rebounds. I mean, Anthony Leal grabbed seven rebounds guys. And it was all, he had, he had a block. Like it's just, and it's all just toughness, man, toughness, savvy, smarts, stepping in and, and stepping up. He guarded Perkins to a standstill at points. I mean, Anthony Leal, like crown the kid right now. Like he deserves it. Like I, you know, other guys may have had more stats one way or the other, but that was Anthony Leal's game, man. That is the Anthony Leal game. And there is no reason he should play fewer than 22 minutes in the next game, especially we don't know what the injuries are going to be, but he earned it tonight. And and this is a kid who could have transferred out, could have gone elsewhere. He's a Bloomington kid who wanted to play for Indiana and to get to see him on the court. I don't care what happens the rest of the season. This was a great, Indiana moment this kid got to shine tonight and basically lead Indiana to a victory on a night where if you went in saying Anthony Leal's going to score 13 and grab seven boards and be plus 13 and lead Indiana to a win you would have been committed like so good for Anthony I mean it's been he's been playing well when he's in there he's only played in like nine games this year so you don't I mean just I I don't I, I I don't know the last time I felt happier for an Indiana player than I do for Anthony Leal tonight. Uh, just being able to step in and step up in the big moments. He had two big free throws late. Like, what a game for him! And I'm proud of him as a fan. We've met Anthony before. He's a great kid. Like, I could not be prouder 
uh, of Anthony Leal tonight for representing my university and the basketball program I love. Well said. And I even like some non-stat things that we'll talk about down the road. Some of the defensive things he did mm-hmm. wasn't perfect, uh, but his hockey passes and his passes that set up plays, if you watch the game closely, maybe that's meaningful moment, uh, a little uh, shout out to the meaningful moment. Uh, yeah, Anthony and Leo. And now we pass it over to Coach Bob Motes. Uh, nice uh, nice pullover there, Coach. Uh, wh- how are you feeling tonight mm-hmm. with this uh, 74-68 win over the Iowa Hawkeyes? Uh, winning always feels better than losing. I don't care if you win ugly and you lose pretty, it's still better when you're ugly. And I, I all I know is a month ago, maybe against a, against an opponent like Iowa, could IU have won this game with the way it swung? And I think one area of growth that we've seen, and, and, and you know, I talk a lot about, you know, can you take a punch, get knocked to the canvas, get back up and keep fighting? This was a game where IU... They had it under control. They played Iowa about as well as you could play Iowa defensively. And then that 20-minute mark, uh, from that from the beginning of the second half to about the 12-minute mark, they just, they just kind of went into tunnel vision. And you thought, okay, here we go again. But they got knocked down, popped back up, kept fighting through, through it. And even when, I mean, you thought after the Sanford shot where he, that, that pass, that cross-court pass from um, McCafferty. What a play. Beautifully drawn, beautifully executed. Nothing, you, I mean, other than landmines, you're not going to stop that thing. Shot goes in and you just think, okay, it's, you know, well, they found their new Jordan Bohan and, you know, they found the new guy and you're going, no. I mean, We don't honestly, say that name on this show, Bob. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Fair <laughs> enough. I... <laughs> Captain Firework is fine with me too, you know, uh, but I'm going to tell you that just the fact that IU just went down cup sets a huge three to, to counter it. And then pretty much that, that was, that was it for Iowa. So, I mean, you, you go 15 rounds in a heavyweight fight in the big 10. I don't care if you're home or you're in the road, you come out with a big win, uh, a game Indiana wasn't expected to win a game that IU was underdogs in you. So there we go. It was, um, that's, that, that's what we needed from, that's what we need to see from this team. And we need to see coming through the month of February. There's, there's so many stories. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think the story of tonight, while Anthony Leal is the big one, he's part of a larger story of guys stepping up. And and I think Mm -hmm. that you look at X went down, obviously I thought he was playing a decent game. He had, he had a couple bad turnovers, but, but in general, I thought he was playing a decent game goes down. He's out. Uh, you had Renew go out early. He's out. Really, what do you replace him with? You've got Anthony Walker playing some. You've got them going small some, finally. Uh, Khalil Ware, while he finished with 23, I don't think anybody would say that Khalil was at 100% tonight. I mean, he was side to side. Defensively, was struggling. He had a couple of nice blocks and really affected some shots. But in general, he was kind of slow, kind of hard, and then you could see him. He then you could see why. Is it later? He was he was he was struggling with the injury. Made a couple great plays late after a timeout. Got to rest it a little bit and, and made a couple great. But in general, you had to have other guys step up because the guys you rely on were just out. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought Trey Galloway, while you can quibble here and there, he had nine point seven rebounds, four assists. You know, he goes out and has a good game. You get the big three by Gabe Cups after X goes down. I mean, that was enormous hit that three. And we've been asking Gabe to shoot more often than not. He's got to keep doing it now. Uh, you had Leal step up. I thought Anthony Walker's energy the whole time was really good, even though, you know, it's with Anthony Walker. There's ups and downs, you know, 
But I just thought it was a game where Mbako, you know, took tried to take more of an offensive role. He missed a lot of shots, but he was trying to do something. And a couple of those shots got rebounded for baskets. Mm-hmm. You just had the other guys all stand up and say, we're not going to lose this game. And, and they absolutely could have wilted when Renew went down. They could have wilted when Ware was seriously showing some injuries or showing his injury. And then they could have wilted when X went down and they chose not to. And that was a choice. You know, you make a choice to play hard. You make a choice to fight and you make a, cho- a choice to beat the other team and beat them to the spots and be better than them. And that's what they chose tonight. And they all chose it. It wasn't one guy carrying them. They all chose to be better and they all chose to step up. And guess what? It's not going to get any easier because there's no way that they're not going to be shorthanded moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting storyline. I was just going to say there's a lot of storylines. That is one of them. Uh, I think, but I'm going to sum it up in this way and get your guys' thoughts is, is since the week off, Indiana has played a lot better defensively. I think they've been a lot uh, connected. That that period of 10 minutes to start the second half, you could say they, they lacked a little bit of intensity defensively, but how much of that was just Iowa making some adjustments I, and those guards hit shots, right? And, um, but, yeah. But I just want to I'd also say coming out of the half, they probably learned whatever uh, Renew's injury was, and that's going to deflate the room. Well, I mean, that's well, real. Uh, True, but, I, but they, I'm they spent good yeah. time. They spent good time, and that's the Illinois defense was outstanding because mm-hmm. that made Illinois just stand. I wasn't on the post game show and haven't had a chance to share my thoughts, but they just took Illinois out of everything and should have right. won that ball game defensively. And I thought tonight, even what sixty eight points for this team as highly efficient as Iowa offense is to hold them to sixty eight, even giving up that lead. I'm pretty impressed with how they've come back. Uh, the fight that you're talking about, Ryan, and defense. Bob, go ahead. What they what what really happens is Fran figured out and that team figured out how to get the tempo back to where they wanted it and that was what knocked IU down. I mean, and that's the between the between the 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 varying of defenses, how he kind of plays with defensive pressure. It's designed to throw a, an opponent off. Yeah, his defensive analytics are lousy, but the whole point of his de- of his defensive scheme is to get you to be uncomfortable on offense, take quick shots, make mistakes, and I may give something up. But when they started just going after IU in transition because IU stopped making makes because they were having to, because they were having to speed up, slow down, speed back up again. And all of a sudden there's Iowa back in it. And, and again, they have guards that can hit shots. Perkins, Sanford, those guys pretty much put them on their backs and carried them. And, and that's, and that's huge. If you're Indiana to, to be able to, again, deal with that change in game tempo the way that the way that Iowa does that because they can they they're gonna they're gonna slow you down they're gonna speed you up they're gonna just keep you on your heels all game long, and IU played through that and and ended up winning and so that was a huge point for IU. Yeah, I think it's it, the transition defense. If you want to talk about something that struggled tonight, I thought the transition defense was was poor, and especially Embaco. Uh, uh, and I, I saw it. Uh, he had Sanford, and he didn't lock into him early, didn't find shooters early in transition, and they hit a couple threes. And that's when I think Coach put Leo in, and then Leo was able to do a better job in transition defense. But, but you know, we, we win a game. It's been uh, four games since we win, so we're not going to focus a whole lot on, on what didn't work tonight. But transition defense uh, uh, was a struggle. Ryan, but your thought, in two games since that break, it does seem that is one thing. Uh, the fight is a heck of a lot better and more consistent. We had a road game where they competed and now a home game where they normally do compete. 
And then offensive rebounds, when we get to the stats, uh, Indiana outscored Iowa on the offensive glass, especially Khalil Ware getting back in with his effort. So it, it just looks like that, that week off has, has helped Indiana, especially defensively, more than anything. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't expect the offensive glass thing to continue, but you know it was nice <laughs> that it was – I'd I, I take it if it was close. Tonight, really at least, cool. tonight. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but, you know, going into that long break, they had played, I thought, pretty much terribly against Purdue, and they'd played awful at Wisconsin. Uh, something needed to change. We said something needed to change. They needed to get lit up. And for that week, you're right. The intensity is much better defensively. I do think at the start of the second half, what happened was as soon as they got out of sorts defensively and as soon as Iowa got going, you saw Indiana's offense become completely mm. disconnected. And I yes. think that the key for yep. Indiana is both have to be working. You can't have one without the other because I think that the offensive system, as we've talked about and have our quibbles with it, they're basically walking a high wire. And if they get thrown off at all, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And, and so especially with where not at 100 percent and, you know, you're you renew out of there and all those things. I think it just got disjointed because they were chasing so much on defense. As soon as the mm-hmm. defense started to lock in a little bit later, they kind of worked a different calculus with the lineups, bringing it going a little bit smaller and, and trying to stay more connected to their, uh, to the man to man aspect. I thought Leo facilitated a whole lot of communication defensively that got guys organized again. Um, as soon as you saw that the offense started to get to find its footing again, and then they started finding open looks. And here's the other thing, guys. You hit threes. I mean, it makes the game a whole lot easier when you hit threes. But I think that the intensity defensively, once that locked back in, you started the off you started to see the offense flow a little bit better. They were very confident uh, offensively, and they have been to start games, and then all of a sudden it seems to wane a little bit throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And whether that's fatigue or the the game pressure comes on, but uh, I thought early in the game they were taking good shots, and sometimes you got to take questionable shots from three. And I thought Indiana did that. And then I thought in the second half, Mbako and even X had some shots on kickouts that they I thought they should have shot the three. Instead, mm-hmm. they drove. Uh, and so that's still an area where I want those guys to play free because when they do, they, they were five of eight early and really set the tone and makes Iowa guard Indiana differently when you do well, that, which opens up a lot of stuff as well. And the second yeah. half, they did get – they got stagnant again. The ball started sticking. Uh, but, mm-hmm. again, they overcame it. And they overcame it. Is, it. And to win the game is probably the most important piece more than, than anything about the offense. Yeah, and, and it's also – you mentioned a couple times where – they drove when they should have shot. There are also a couple of times where they drove and kicked and probably should have finished at the rim because Iowa didn't have a deterrent at the rim, really. Right. And they, it's right. almost like they were expecting yeah. somebody to come and there would be an open shot, but the mentality was, you know, kick it out. Yeah. So I do think there was just this disjointed thing on some of the plays. But at the same time, yeah, they got sort of locked back in, and and that's what carried them to the end. And, and, so, you, and you, again – you you think about the fact that it that IU was you know at at one point two five eight points per possession and half that's where Indiana was offensively, and they had a monster run not at the beginning necessarily but they locked in for about what the the fifteen minute mark to the five minute mark where they just extended the lead to double digits, and held Iowa under a point per possession for the half. I mean that that's that for Indiana what you were seeing and good things happen when you drive the ball and I think that's part of the point of what we're saying. IU is driving the ball more and where IU gets problems, the tunnel vision, when they start just locking into those post sets, 
when Peyton Sparks is in the game and they're sitting there in the slot and they're just standing there for five seconds going, come on, dude, get your position. Hey, it's been roasted. If you can't get it to him within a cent or one count, reverse, reverse the ball, the get going, cut somebody run a cut, do something. And let's get it into empty site or something and just, and just, and just ram it down their throats. But there just seems to be this sort of tunnel vision at times where it's like, we're in the set. We got to run the set. You're, you're not, you're not playing concerto go out and go and just do this and make it happen playing off of that i, I got a couple other storylines and then we'll move to the um to our second segment but indiana played small and at one point they played yep. extremely Huge. small they played there a lot of three guard lines. Four guards four they guards. played four guards yeah. and 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 yet i do think that is tied into the ability to drive the basketball i thought you saw that at illinois uh because there's more mm-hmm. spacing at illinois and they were able to drive mm-hmm. and and you know uh the, the color commentator mentioned, I love playing off two feet, and I think sometimes Galloway and X get in the lane and try to do stuff that is, is too fancy instead of playing off of two feet. But I still like them driving. I thought they did a mm-hmm. good job of penetrating the defense. On the other side, I thought Indiana did a good job of limiting the drive for the most part. They had to play bully ball or mm-hmm. that booty ball stuff at times, but they really – the direct drives from Iowa and Illinois the last two games, they've really on-ball defensively have played well. But your guys' thoughts on on the small lineup, and I know Renew was hurt uh, and Walker provides a different thing, but I do think the offense kind of looks better. I don't want Renew to be out. I'm not wishing anything like that, but smaller lineups, it seemed like the offense was better tonight, even though they have even more room to 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 improve. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, I think we've been asking for that. And maybe not as your default set if you've got Renew and Ware, but like at least at some point, rotate through some smaller guys. Have Mbako playing the nominative you know, four, but play him on the perimeter, give more room. And you could see just rewatch the game, guys. Look how much room there was in the middle of the floor. And that gave that's easier on your post player. A hundred percent. Secondly, you mentioned the commentators. Uh, I really appreciate if Brian Butch stopped talking about bank shots going in because I still have PTSD <laughs> about that. So shut up, Brian. It's, that is but true. No, I, I, but spread the floor. I mean, the, the, you saw the obvious gaps and it wasn't just to throw it in the post, but to drive it. The gaps, yeah. the gaps for help on the defense for the defense are wider. That means there's more room to go. You've got to have the post guy step up. And guess what? That leaves your post guy open. If they don't rotate down, it also leaves three point shooters open. And they were making them tonight. I just think mm-hmm. that in general, you've got to spread it out. And that's what virtually everybody in college basketball and the NBA does now is spread the floor, mm-hmm. ISO the post and find your open guys. And and so seeing that, I think that that really I hope that lights something in Mike Woodson's brain that even if you get everybody back healthy, you need to do that more. Even if you just fit the lineup, Bob, coming back to you on the same, same thing. um, It helped that you're playing Iowa where I think you could get away with playing small defensively and rebounding wise for the most part. Um, But you, you, again, thoughts on, on what we saw tonight, a four guard lineup at one point and a lot of three guard lineups injuries. Yes. But I thought the offense uh, was more enjoyable to watch uh, for the most part tonight. It's nice to actually see that we don't have to like, you know, sub this guy in for this guy specifically that we're now at a point where I feel like they've picked up enough where they know now what everybody else is supposed to be doing on the floor that you can put Mbako at what you call the four, or you can run the three-guard right. lineup. Anthony Leal, I was always kind of on the movement where, you know, Leal may just be a guy that can play two through four easily because he can defend a lot of different positions because of his strength and his smarts and his savvy. 
and you saw it tonight again. You know, a couple times he got switched on. Freeman did a great job just kind of keeping him away from the ball, doing those doing those little things. I think coach are going to bring up here in a little bit. You know, those things that you don't see on a stat sheet but still there. But you go back to four guards with Galloway and Leal both. You have two guys that pretty much they can they they can play those they, they can play more of that wing position and guard. They can switch one through four very easily and defend and defend smartly and hold their own against probably most Big Ten fives. One one point, you know, when you're driving the ball and you have that space, and you beat your man, the uh, the the opponent has to react. And we're talking about that with kickouts. We're talking about that with post players. If you're talking post offense 101, like your post needs to be in the, in the on the weak side dunker spot. That's where they need to be. You don't need to have your guy occupying the block. And if I see the three two alignment again, I'm going to throw up because I can't stand the three two alignment. It drives me up the wall. I know why he runs it, but at the same time, it's like you have guys. Even your bigs are drivers, and so you can go more five out and just get them moving and do a lot. Because when you when you drive it to that, you know, again, you saw that middle drive and Galloway's taking it into the lane, throws up the shot. Well, that rim protection is coming over. Everyone's going over to react to the ball, and that opens up the weak side. And what eighty percent of your misses go weak side. So you might and now now you have board coverage on the other side because you drove the ball, and you had a lineup that can drive the ball, and you're not just trying to slam the thing into four defenders trying to stop Kalilware from getting it. And, and talk about post play. The last um, storyline here before we we move on is. I'd like to talk about Khalil Ware. I, I think he might get an award of, of some sort down the line. But it's difficult to be injured and then come back, and then you have to play major minutes because your other post player is hurt. We saw him limp around a couple times. What a gutsy effort um, by the, that young man and really put Indiana on his back with his play down the stretch, like three or four possessions in a row, getting key baskets. I know he missed a couple free throws uh, at that one stretch, uh, but he was just gassed, and he was still feeling the effects of whatever the lower body injury was. But I thought he did a nice job passing out of the post because they were going early, and they were sending uh, Perkins early off of X. And I thought that led to good ball movement uh, at times when Indiana made that extra extra pop pass uh, to open either shooters or someone who can then drive a closeout. Uh, Ryan, just uh, talk a little bit about how Khalil Ware played as effectively as he did coming off a, a pretty good injury. I mean, the most effective thing he did, well, he, he deterred shots and he did have three blocks, but the most effective thing he did was offensive rebounds. He had five of them. And I, I don't know how many he scored off of, but he at least created opportunities off of, I think, all of them. Um, and, and, you know, you saw him really struggle at times. I, I thought he was gassed after seven minutes. And that's that's to be expected because he hasn't been playing. He's probably been staying off the ankle. And now you've got to take this huge load. He played 35 minutes. I thought there was no way he was playing that, that much coming in. And I don't think he would have if Malik – uh, was around in the game. Um, but just toughness is all I can think of him. I think, I think any, any questions about that kid's heart and energy and everything, I, I think he was slower tonight and I think he struggled to get up and down the floor. And I think that, you know, his expression wasn't great at times, but I think that was more having to do with the pain he was in than not wanting to be on the floor. And in the, when they needed him the most at the end, he stepped up and he was there and, that was huge. Absolutely huge. As usual, he's efficient from the floor, eight of 10. You, you know, he, he's rarely, he's rarely uh, struggles when it actually comes, when he actually does get the shots up. But, you know, 
clearly grimacing at one point uh, repeatedly for a couple of possessions, but he stuck with it, man. That, that Again, it just goes back to toughness. It goes back to desire. He fought through at one point. I, I tweeted. I'm like, Mike, get him out of the game. He can't, he like, he needs to break. Like he, you know, he, cause he was limping around. I mean, you don't want him to hurt himself worse. And, and there were the, luckily they got a timeout. He came back in, didn't really show it after that as much. He was still kind of going up and down the floor. You could see it wasn't as smooth as it should be. Um, but, uh, you know, credit to that kid. I mean, that was just, he battled, he absolutely battled and just kept at it. And, and that was, you're right. The passing out of the post was good. He made one or two mistakes with it, but in general, it, it helped get the ball movement. I think Iowa was helping off with the wrong guys, frankly, yep. and that opened things up for Indiana. So, but where, I mean, you, wh- what can you say about him? I mean, the guy, he absolutely just toughed it out. One, one quick point on this, Owen Freeman, you know, who somebody said, just give him big 10 freshman of the year award early in the game, which I'm going to fight that tooth and nail 24 minutes of action. Owen Freeman, four points, two for three from the field. Uh, I think it was three. Uh, it was uh, two rebounds total. Owned Owen Freeman, and coming off an in- injury, that's that's what you need from the kid. Yeah, really, really good effort coming off an injury and a big important part of tonight's victory. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone to go to assemblycall.com and subscribe to our free email newsletter. Also. This weekend is our annual meetup in Bloomington. Uh, A lot of us will be heading into town either Thursday night or Friday night, but we'll be out on the town Friday evening. Uh, We have a a team dinner that we're going to have and and talk, and then we we will be out at all of of the places. And then Saturday, starting at uh, noon, tip-off, a lot of us will be in the hall watching the game, but uh, Galen and Scott um, from Crimson Cast will be hosting a game watch party at the Upstairs Pub. And then shortly after the game, about an hour or so, given time for all of us to get back to the upstairs pub, uh, we're going to have a variety of things in a uh, live post-game show. And all of us will be there. And so we'd like to to meet you guys. It is 21 and over, uh, just so everyone knows uh, at the upstairs pub. If you haven't been there, the renovations look uh, incredible. We're excited to meet as many of you as can make it uh, to Bloomington and then after the post game show and everything, we generally go back out on the town, and you're you're more than welcome to hang out with us and, and buy Coach Moats a beer uh, or whatever his drink of choice uh, for the X's and Joes uh, podcast that that he does uh, so well. So um, yeah, th- plan on joining us uh, this weekend if you're around town. We'll be right back to talk about some meaningful moments. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And, of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm the host, Coach Brian Tonsoni, here with uh, Coach Motes and Shot Dr. Ryan Phillips. I even Verdell's got some extra loop. music out of that. Awesome. Verdell's on loop. I got to go back and check that. But we're here. We're very happy. We've finally won a game after three losses, uh, defeating Iowa 74-68. to It's now time uh, for meaningful moments uh, that you might have missed. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and friends. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Uh, a lot of great moments tonight, and I'm sure all Indiana fans uh, desiring a win remember all of the great moments. But I'm going to start with one, and if you guys have some, just uh, throw them out here. But the the extra passes that were made by Indiana, and I want to focus on uh, Anthony Leo. When he first got in the game, before he even hit a three, uh, and, and he made a nice bounce pass to the short corner to Anthony Walker, and then Anthony Walker either scored or threw it to someone. But I, I wrote it down as a hockey assist, and I thought it was a, a really important thing that I've thought that Leo, when he has played over the years, he's been one of our most effective post-passers and post-entry passers. And that play wasn't an assist because it led to someone else. Um, also, Xavier Johnson hits a three in that first half, and Leo had the one more pass. He didn't hold the ball at all. He didn't square up, stare at the post. He knew where the where the open guy was, um, and he threw for uh, an open pass. He also made one of those in the second half. And I thought uh, Galloway had a couple of those. Uh, even Xavier, who has a tendency to pound the ball a little bit, I thought he yep. moved the ball and didn't hold it and didn't try to stare down the post uh, on the perimeter. And if Indiana's going to hit shots – which they hit, uh, what, uh, eight threes tonight? If they're going to continue to shoot, uh, they need to move the ball when the post is doubled or they drive and play off of two feet. Sometimes it's not the first kick out. It's the second uh, pass that you're going to get an open three. And I thought, yeah, we're going to love on Anthony Leo all night long. And he hit some big shots. But his passing – uh, to me, was a, a meaningful moment that sometimes might get missed uh, when you get caught up in, in watching uh, watching the game. Um, Bob, your thoughts on on those types of hockey assists and extra passes and how important they are in effective offense? I think that, you know, you, you referenced the XJ three-pointer, and I wanted to go right before that, and IU was, in, was, having some, was struggling against the, against the press again. And every team will, at some point against Iowa, struggle against their full-court press. It's designed to throw you different looks. And IU got it across the line, picked it up a couple times. The second time they picked it up, XJ picked it up, got the ball down into where. They, they, you know, a couple passes in there, broke it, kept their heads about them, didn't force a mistake, didn't, make, you know, didn't have the error. 
But the other thing was, um, right after that, that's a where dunk in the end one. Then that next one was where XJ got the three. And it was off yeah. of a Galloway drive to Lille. And it, you just go, well, and it goes back to, you know, Sam Story 101 will tell you this. Good, good things happen when you drive the ball. You're collapsing defenses. You're forcing them to get out of position. You're putting them in scramble mode. And those are the, yeah, the, the meaningful moment I just saw was, you know, the way that they handled that pressure. And then after that dunk from where, I think they pretty much just, just went right through the press without any problems. I mean, they just basically dealt with it. They didn't turn it over against it. They just, they, they controlled the ball and then ended up, you know, not allowing Iowa to get on maybe a 10, 10-0 run that could have put them out of the game. You're right. That Leo pass to um, X was in the second half. Uh, Gabe Cups had a nice pass for a three. He got the ball from the left side, and the action mm-hmm. was going towards the right, and it's what a kickback or a tossback action. And he knew that the defense was going to swing as that ball was going, and he knew that uh, the shooter was there. And that was one of Leo. I think that was Leo's first three on first a kickback. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really good recognition. And that's sometimes things that I, that, as a coach, I love when players understand that ball just came from Leo, and now the defense is going to move off. And you look it off with, with some misdirection with your eyes. And Cups did mm-hmm. that and, and and threw it back. And those are things that don't end up in the, in in the stats that I think are really good that bas- high basketball IQ players make that a lot of us miss um, on those. Ryan, you have a, a meaningful moment. Yeah, and it's it's real simple. Uh, second possession of the game, they ran uh, McKenzie and Baco off a double screen, a staggered double screen, gets the ball from Xavier Johnson, knocks down a three. You know what? I've been waiting since Saturday for a three-pointer, so uh, that was a meaningful moment to me. And then he came down. The next time uh, they had the ball, Malik Renew kicks it out to him, nails another one. They needed to establish that they could make threes in this game. Uh, otherwise, it was just going to be a crowded paint the entire time, and they wound up making eight. I think that after that game where they didn't hit any against Illinois, they really needed to get off to a good start tonight, and, and I think that was a big key to the game was their ability to knock down threes. And, and to, to I don't think they did it enough. They ran McKenzie off that staggered double. Didn't see it a whole lot the rest of the game. I think I saw it once or twice. But running him off that to start the game, get some movement, get somebody there. And the other thing about running that staggered double is both of your big guys can then turn around mm-hmm. and seal their guys and be open if they want. And, 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 you know, if he's not open, those guys are. So I, I thought it was a great play to run. I'd love to see them run it more. Uh, as you guys all know, I don't need to repeat that a million times. I'll continue to, but I don't need to. But it, it, but knocking that three down w- was huge, and then following it up with another, I think it just kind of set the offense on a good pace, and that's where they kind of got rolling from there. Absolutely great point. Uh, they ran a stagger double and hit a three. Then Mbako gets a kick out for three. Then they ran another stagger double. It was not the baseline pin double that the first one was, one, yeah. but it, it was, was a, a staggered yeah. towards the corner double, corner. and he didn't get it, but X was now open to drive. Mm-hmm. And X drove, and I think he got fouled. They made the layup. And yep. so that's all what we've talked about is space the floor. You have three guys involved in action with the guy who just hit two threes. You're going to draw a lot of attention there. And if not, you're going to play off third of that. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. XJ, who has explosiveness, can get to the rim without a lot of clutter. Uh, I thought that mm-hmm. was a great way to start. I think, uh, th- again, hitting five out of eight early set the tone for offense. And I, like you, too, think that they plan that out really well because I think they've run that action early quite a bit. They have. And then they mm-hmm. then they never seem to go back to it um, in, in the flow in the of the game. It's like it's scripted, yep. 
and then they don't have it on their card or or they don't refer to their mm-hmm. card of action again. And again, we want to stay positive tonight, but that was three really good plays to get your best three-point shooter going, and it got the whole team going. I think that was excellent game planning and scripting. Bob, your thoughts on the staggered well, one double more thing, and the start. What I, what I one, would, more thing, one more thing about that staggered double, which is interesting, is I bet that was the first play they were going to run. They got a bucket real quick on yeah. the first one from Xavier throwing it to Renew, and he lobbed it in. I bet that was what they were going to run as the first play of the game. They just didn't get into it because they got a quick play to Renew yeah. real, you know, real fast. So I, I would bet that they were really geared in on, let's just run that right out of the gate and and wound up having it be the second offensive possession. I, I think the other thing, you know, teams are figuring out that Mbako can shoot. And I think they're doing a much better job. Like, again, they'll in the early stages of the game, okay, let's see what they're running. They let him go off the double. But I would say that once they started really closing him out more, he started driving it and really doing a, a much better job of just kind of getting the you – know, and he's been doing this the last few games, but he's really kind of uh, taking smaller players off the bounce. And I think once he figures out – the next jump for him, can you finish a little better going inside? Or can you make the second read as help side's coming over? Can you get it to that dunker spot? Can you kick it out for the three-point shot? Can you be a little more of a playmaker? I think that he's his offensive game is moving along. Defense is still a little shaky, but still he's better than he was, definitely better than he was two months ago. But Oh, it's night and day. It's night and day. But he rebounds well. But I go back to that thing where he's just he's recognizing more where he just doesn't have to get lost and force something. He's letting the game come to him a lot more. And if you have space to do it, it's a hell of a lot easier. And his next growth is to know when to shoot and when to drive. I think sometimes he predetermines. Mm-hmm. In the second half, he was predetermined to drive. I True. thought he passed up a couple threes. When you're the best three-point shooter, you like I said, you got to take some questionable yeah. shots. Um, you know, early in transition. I know that the announcer said one time didn't like a Galloway three on transition. I loved it. Or whatever. whoever took that three in transition oh. in the first half. I, so wait. I yeah, love it. You're, 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 you're calling a game where Iowa's playing. I want to be clear on this. You're, Iowa, who has been living off these shots for the last fifth, you know, since even Tom Davis. Well, I don't think we, you know, no, I don't like that shot. No, I mean, this is, that, 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 that's the bread and butter of just about every program in the country are transition yeah. threes in those types of situations. You're going to, if you're not shooting that shot, you're doing something wrong. All right, it's time to go inside the numbers. Uh, brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. Uh, awesome help there with your taxes, and it's tax season. Everyone's getting their, their w two so – Give her a call and her team a call. Uh, for me, uh, the stats, there, there's a few. I like the second uh, chance points. Ryan, you made a point like, is that going to continue? You know, if we have injuries and renew and we got to play small, will we do that? But I think what that does is that slows down transition too when you're a threat it on does. the offensive glass because then the team's got to send more defenders and they mm-hmm. can't leak out. And you saw the fact that when you miss – and the effort is there, and, and we, I know we got a lucky one, but by Galloway being in there and the ball bouncing off a toe and then Galloway gets it and throws it to where, that that won the game right there because you're making mm-hmm. the effort. And one of the things I think we've all been concerned about offensive rebounding is the lack of effort on both defensive rebounding mm-hmm. and offensive rebounding. Mm-hmm. And a lot of watching. 
And yeah. I think Indiana, uh, with the second chance points, I think Indiana uh, ended up out rebounding uh, Iowa as well. Total forty five to thirty two. So the rebounding, Crushed which had been a concern, one was a reason that you you won a game. So that's that's one of the mm-hmm. stats uh, that that stood out to me. You guys, uh, what stats do you want to well, talk I wanna, about? I wanna, or you want to go back to the rebounding? Just real quick, just one thing. Uh, you know, Mackenzie and Baco was two of eight from three tonight, but at mm-hmm. least three of two of them were rebounded and put back in, uh, or at least kicked around for second chance opportunities. Sometimes you're not going to get the basket off the shot, but if you've got a seven footer under the hoop, there's a better than not chance that some of those are going to turn into points, even if you miss. And so sometimes it's worth taking those. If it's a layup, the defense, it's a lot easier for the defense to get a rebound. A longer shot's a tougher rebound. And you've got the advantage in there with a bigger guy. So as long as he's on the floor, I'm fine taking threes that maybe don't go in. You take the chance that it goes in, you get three points. If you don't, you have a, a chance to mix it up in there, get a rebound. Maybe he taps it back out. You get a reset. But sometimes those shots, even though you miss them, wound up helping your wind up helping your offense and helping the bottom line. As for me, I think the 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 stat that I had to look at was Indiana made eight three pointers. Iowa made six. Mm-hmm. Indiana shot 36.4%. Mm-hmm. Iowa shot 27.3%. You won the three-point battle, and you won the game. It was ugly. It wasn't – it was a, a slog. You had more – you had way more turnovers than them, but you won on the three-point line, and you wound up winning the game. More often than not, if you win the three-point line in college basketball in a mm-hmm. mild, even a reasonably competitive game, you are going to win the game. And to piggyback on that, Indiana didn't look for threes in the start of the second half, and that was when they struggled offensively. They were a little more post-centered and a little more stagnant with the basketball instead of that free-flowing stuff that Indiana did. So, so Coach Woodson, watch that first half and keep playing like that. And even then, I think the last seven or eight minutes, they were a little more fluid. Uh, But that that first ten minutes, they just, uh, for whatever reason, uh, we said maybe they were struggling defensively and all that, but they did not take a lot of threes early in that second half. And, and it, I know it's, it, we were beating a dead horse, uh, but it is good, good basketball. Bob, your comments on, on the threes, or do you have any stats that you would like to share? Eight, 18 assists on 26 makes on that a night my where, next you, had one. A, where yes. you had, and, and you also had the, the amount of second chance points you had. 11 minute mark. There was a possession. I can't remember the exact sequencing, but I think it ended with a walker to wear for either a dunk or a layup. And the ball didn't hit the floor. The ball just got moving. They were moving, got off a cut, and there was there 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 was and and it was just beautiful basketball, because what that also does is that also basically forces teams then to defend. You know they have to now defend not just your driving but your ability to pass the ball through penetration. And if you're talking about post looks, and this is one that you're not going to see, but you know from a standpoint of post looks, tonight per synergy, Indiana only put the ball in the post nine times. Only three times in the second half, and you had where this was type catching of it when, when where was catching it? He was out of the lane for the most part. They were pushing and him out, so that makes the, sense. And and the whole point is, you know, where's not a back to the basket player. I'm I'm one who Never believes that where is one totally of those guys. Agree. Renew he, is, but where is can't that? he can't yeah exactly. And and so you have a situation where you have a taller five who's basically your four, and you have a shorter four who's basically your five. 
And oh, Bob, we said such. this all off season and nobody listened to us. It I was... know. <laughs> I know. We, we need Coach Moats. That's the yeah. sauce to, to make sure. At least hears. you can verify that we were not idiots. No, I on exactly. That, on other things, on sure. That, yeah, that, I mean, that is, we, yeah. we knew Mbaka was going to play the three because there was no way they were going to bring those yeah. three guys in together. All three of those guys were going to play. We knew front court scoring was going to be essential, all those things. But what? But but you but you kind of had to look at this differently. Where it's like, okay, where has got to be kind of again high low, and you can move them high low, but you just don't stick where in a position where you're doing that. But the point is, the big the, the the big stat was when you're getting those assists and you're getting those you know those looks off of passes. That's that that's huge that that that's huge for an offense that's been struggling all year long. And you go back to what works. You just can't default back to what your preferences are. And I mean, I know Coach and I both have been stubborn in the past, you know, where we're going to do it this way and we're going to cram that thing down. But in reality, it's like as you go, as you get older as a coach, you realize you got to be a little more flexible with your personnel and you ride. And, and again, if the horse is working, you ride him. And tonight we saw what happened when you, when you, when you were a little more flexible, you see what happens with an offensive and, result. And, yeah. and guys, it's just so much more obvious. The ball just moved tonight yeah. where it just doesn't sometimes for Indiana's offense and it's just stagnant and it's very dribble into the ground waiting for somebody to get open and staring at one guy when like offense has multiple options if you're locked into one person you're missing something you know especially if it's not an easy pass and it means the defense is shaded a certain way somebody's got to have a better look or if they don't and they're not helping that means your drive is right. available but you're locked in trying to pass it straight in front of you as opposed to moving the ball tonight the ball moved and and that's why you get those assists i mean that's the evidence right there we 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 really i mean i want malik renew back tomorrow you know you got to have this kid at the same time though when the kid like that goes down your team is forced to find new options and i think that that was part of it tonight necessity You've got it. So sometimes, you know, necessity, you know, is is the mother of invention. And this is a case where in this situation, Indiana had to find a way without going to a guy. And this is, again, you know, something where, you know, I don't think in the modern game you can you can win effectively at at a high level if you're relying on one player for 30 percent of your possessions. I just think you're I I don't think I I don't care what level you're at, even with 12 year olds. I'll tell you that, okay, you want to give that kid the ball 35, give that kid 40 percent of the shots. We're going to take care of that. You know, we know how to deal with that situation. So I just think that, yeah, they, they really, they grew a lot in kind of finding the way, a way to kind of just play, to, 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 to just find ways of scoring, even though they weren't with their usual guys. Ryan, you have some, there. Ryan, you have some quick stats you wanted to share. Yeah, I think eight blocks was big. Yeah. I mean, to get him, you know, it wasn't where it wasn't just where, where Walker. had three renew had one uh leal had one walker had two peyton sparks had quite a block where he did the where he did the matumbo thing and immediately mm-hmm. pulled it back because he realized you're not supposed to do that uh <laughs> the games are on tv there uh peyton so uh just pull that back but the other one's bench points indiana won bench points which they never do it was 20 mm-hmm. to 4 on bench points and thank you anthony leal uh anthony walker and gabe cups for that for 20 bench points stuff like that is key man you got to get contributions from up and down the roster that's why you have these guys on the roster you know and then i will also say that i thought that uh gabe cups in limited action 11 minutes he was plus 14 led the team so he had a good night even though other than the three we didn't really get a whole lot statistically out of him he was on the floor during some of indiana's best 
possessions and best runs. And the reason I mentioned that is he may need to be back in a starting role and playing a lot. But if he is, I think he fits best with not just Trey Galloway, but also Anthony Leal out there. And so those three plus Mbako and where I'd consider starting that group, unless you're facing a team with a lot of size, in which case you probably have to start Anthony Walker. But I think that force on the perimeter is your best opportunity to, to, to do some things, particularly offensively. But the defense from Cups and Leal was fantastic tonight. Indiana, talking about that defense, Indiana holds a, a pretty good offensive team to 1.015 uh, points per possession. At one point in the second half, I looked, it was 1.4. That's how tough it was in that 10-minute stretch when Iowa raced the 11-point lead and took the, and, and eventually took the lead over Indiana. It ended up in the second half only 1.212, so Indiana really found a way to buckle down and, and it goes back to the whole thing that we're talking about, overcoming injuries, overcoming tough spurts in the games, winning the game within the game, and overcoming adversity. When Indiana does that, uh, they did it against a Big Ten team. They did it against some lesser-known teams earlier in the season, but this was a better performance uh, all the way around. In Indiana, I don't know what their best offensive performance tonight was, and I know Iowa does not guard, so you have to be careful. But 1.138 uh, when you have your best player uh, leave after – three minutes and not get uh, any any shots other than the first basket that he made, I think uh, that was enough to score 74 points uh, and win the game. So coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls, our Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss a lingering question or two, and look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent. That's all next here on the assembly call. So stick with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, this is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a dude big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers! 
I love Duran. You're listening to the Assembly Hall Call po- IU Post Game Show. Uh, I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Coach Bob Motes and the shot doctor, Ryan Phillips. So we are celebrating and talking about Indiana's 74-68 win over the Iowa Hawkeyes. And now it's time for our game balls, presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. Uh, I'm playing Allie in fantasy golf this week, so I hope you uh, call her for the business and then not root for her golfers. But anyway, as we are in the middle of the colder months uh, and begin to stay indoors a bit more, uh, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is a leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. According to the EPA, Monroe County and other surrounding counties throughout Indiana are expected to have elevated levels of radon above the action level recommended for mitigation. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. Learn more at bloomenviro.com. That's bloomenviro.com. All right, time for uh, game balls. Uh, we'll start with you, Coach Motes. Who gets your game ball tonight uh, in tonight's victory? Anthony Leal, you know, coming off the bench, career night, uh, you know, did it, you know, the two threes in the first half were huge. And then coming in the second and doing, you know, doing all the things that he did, you know, that one drive where he just drove it off the baseline. I mean, just all the, all those, all the, again, all the big things, all the little things. I think it's, you know, mine's Leal. Can't, can't, can't even argue it in my own head. Ryan. Come on. It's Anthony Leo, guys. There's no question. Cleo Ware put up numbers. Anthony Leo drove the drove the train all night. Uh, and, you know, and it wasn't like he had one good stretch. He had a great first half, great second half. Brought it home. The crowd reacted to him, too. I think that was big. I mean, just seeing that guy. Everyone in IU knows what that guy's been through and what he's done and, and who he is. And uh, couldn't be happier for him. This was his night. And I'm making it three for Anthony Leo. Um I thought he had a, obviously a career night, 13 points, seven rebounds, the hockey assist pass, the defense he played on Perkins. And yes, he got beat a couple times defensively, but his overall plus minus, if we statted it out, would be off the charts. And for a young man who a lot of us, including me, thought other players were going to take his minutes uh, earlier in the season, that he sticks with it and just loves Indiana basketball, for him to have that kind of night and get a win, a much-needed win for everyone, the players first, the coaches second, uh, and then all of us fans, uh, a big needed win. Congratulations, uh, Anthony. Uh, just a, a fantastic uh, performance tonight. So he joins the scoreboard. Uh, Ware with eight, Malik with seven, are, are way ahead of the the – Contest, Mbako with three and a bunch of players with one, but Anthony Leo is one of those now. And now it's time for the Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leo, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sang you. 
Anthony's doing everything tonight. He's scoring. He's defending. He's passing. MVP he's of the show. Um, he's MV- got the great, you know, advertisement. Uh, Ryan, who gets your hustle award? You know what? Given given what he played through tonight and how he stepped up big at the end, I'm giving it to Khalil Ware, which we don't usually give him hustle awards. We give him, you know, the the game balls, and he's the guy. But you know, he had five offensive rebounds, ten boards total, uh, three blocks, played 35 minutes on a bum ankle. Uh, I'm giving it to Khalil for for toughing that out, man. That you I, you could go a couple different directions. I think Anthony Walker played some great minutes, just being disruptive. I think Trey Galloway played a great night, but Khalil Ware, man especially over that last five to seven minutes where he was really struggling on that ankle. Uh, I got to give it to him. Bob. I'm, I'm in hundred percent agreement on where I think when this night started and he, he stepped out there, I think the plan was for him to not play anywhere close to 35. And he stayed on those, on those two legs playing 35 minutes, not really being at hundred percent full game shape. And the other thing I go back to how he defended again, Owen Freeman, the, supposed leader for big 10 freshman of the year. Um, you know, he basically shut that guy down and forced Iowa to have to have to play without really without it being an offensive threat. So you take all those things in there and just the way he worked, he was a workhorse tonight and he did all the things that they needed him to do. And he did it playing through an immense amount of pain while not being a hundred percent in shape. So where it is. Uh, again, I'll just make it three votes uh, for the Hoosier Hustle Award. I think there's a lot of players that could got could have gotten mentioned. Sparks came in, got off the ground, and threw yep. that into oh, the band. Geez. Right, uh, you know, not alone uh, on a normal night, Mike. No, get it. Come I on. mean the, 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 the team since the break has really come out and raised its compete level, and and you can compete and maybe not execute and miss shots or. Or miss a defensive assignment, lose a game like uh, the struggle at uh, Illinois, just a tough loss. But when you compete, and and, and this it should be a given for Indiana basketball. I, I know that people will put that in there, uh, but this team had struggled to find that uh, that competition level, uh, the high level of co- uh, of competition and competing. And I think that they've demonstrated that in the last two games. Tight life is going to get tough. We're going to go to lingering questions. This program has a lot of lingering questions from scheme and all that stuff is still there. But for tonight, everyone in that program got together and, and hustled. But I think where uh, obviously was the one with his block shots, his rebounds, uh, the ability to put put the team on their back down there, down the stretch in the last five or six minutes, I think was just very, very important. So he wins his second Hoosier Hustle Award. We have a tie between Mbako and Cups with four, Walker with three, Gunn with three, Galloway with three, Ware two, Sparks two, and Xavier Johnson one for Hoosier um, Hustle Award. And now it's time for um, our lingering questions, if you have one uh, in the chat mob. But I think there's just one, or uh, actually a combination question. What What is the status of Indiana's injuries uh, from tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Renew has a, a lower uh, body injury, a foot or an ankle. Uh, that he did not return after the 17 minute, and then Xavier Johnson uh, got caught up in a, a play at the rim and, and fell awkwardly on, on his wrist uh, and was uh, writhing in pain. So the lingering question has to be, what is their status? And then depending on the status of those injuries, uh, who is going to step up, and how is that going to look uh, Saturday against Penn State, and then potentially for the length of these injuries, uh, what's that uh, going to do? 
Um, your your guys' thoughts, Ryan, we'll go to you first on, on tonight's negative of uh, the injuries happening to a couple very, very key players. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to – I don't think either one's going to be there Saturday, if I had to guess, just based on what it looked like. Now, I, again, not an expert, not in the locker room, not a doctor. I do not have – I did not get a medical degree from the time that those injuries happened till now. Uh, so that has not changed. But just knowing what you know when you see an injury, neither of those look very good. The fact that Malik, you know, he had crutches, then he wasn't on the bench for a while – uh, the fact that Xavier Johnson was in a whole lot of pain and it looked like he landed directly on that wrist, uh, hand, arm, wrists, I, you know, we're not sure exactly, uh, but it, it didn't look good. And so I think that tomorrow we'll find out more, if not tomorrow, the day after, and uh, we'll sort of understand. But, man, that, that that's rough. But, again, Indiana has shown they have enough talent to not navigate without those guys. You don't want to. You don't like to. But you have enough talent, you have enough fight when you want to have it to navigate without those guys. We'll see what happens. Bob, your thoughts on the on the unfortunate injuries in tonight's uh, ball game? It, it you you feel for both kids and and especially Xavier Johnson right now. How many um, injuries is that guy going to have? Seriously, I mean, I mean, and 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 you just think that you know you're, you're back here. You're 24 years old in Bloomington, uh, playing your sixth year of college basketball, and you could just tell when he went down. You know, just you know, just again, you feel you it, you have to feel for that young man and what he's going through. And um, that being said, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, again, how do you, how does this team respond? Because I think one big response to this team tonight was, we're not letting these guys beat us. Well, we got these two guys down. We, when Malik went down, we're not going to let us let him beat us. When XJ went down, you know, you just kind of you kind of saw a hardening of resolve. And does it sometimes injuries can either tear you apart or bring you together? I think this is a case where the you know I just hope that this team can continue to bring themselves together and keep competing. What what you'll find too is that initially teams overcome because they bond together and they have that energy, and then the third or fourth game, if people are out longer than that, that's when the other teams start scheming and playing and then things start to level off. So I would expect a very spirited effort um, if, if these guys are not there Saturday in the, sh in the relatively short turnaround uh, for mm -hmm. these injuries. I would expect Indiana to put forth a really great effort on Saturday. Then the question becomes when you travel to Purdue and other places, if you don't have these key players, how does that play out? And only time will tell. Bob, you had a lingering question. I think the lingering question is, are we going to continue to see what we've been seeing the last couple games offensively and defensively just with execution on defense, but also some of the schematics on offense? Are we going to keep seeing that over the next 10, 10 games, you know, to finish this season out? Um, and I think, you know, we, we've noticed that, you know, it's kind of funny. There's a weird loop that with uh, the, in the Woodson era where, there's a period sometime in January or early February where we're just kind of going, is this going to get any better? And then they figure a couple little things out. They change those little things and you see growth. And I'm just hoping, you know, I've kind of said this in the Substack and some other things, you know, what strategically, what are they trying to do? And I'm beginning to see a little more of what that is, what they think a good shot is, how they want to defend, how they want to stop the ball, where they want to funnel the ball. We're seeing a little more of that, but it's just a matter of, are we going to see that? over the next – are we going to see continued growth in this area over the next 10 games? Indiana, I believe, has been 12-7 and seven 
uh, every year under Coach Woodson. The first year they uh, were able to bounce back with a nice run in the Big Ten tournament, uh, even though I think they lost five out of seven late um, and, and made the tournament uh, in the play-in game and, and won a game. And then last year they were 12-7, and seven, had a really ugly run at, at uh, Penn State, 20-point uh, loss or 18-point loss. And so that's the point you're, you're talking about. Well, this is the point in the season where Coach Woodson has seemed to find out what his team's about and has pushed forward. The, the big caveat is the injuries, um, you know, mm-hmm. go, going forward. I think that uh, is obviously an excellent lingering question. Uh, but the last two games have, have been, you know, you never enjoy a loss, but there are losses that can be enjoyable after the fact with, with a high level of com- competition and a close game as opposed to some of the blowouts that Indiana's had. So we, we hope to see that on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Ryan, uh, your lingering question or, or any thoughts on, on Bob's? You know, I, I think that the one lingering question I have is who's showing up on Saturday to hang out with us. Like, you know, we're all coming off this. Let's, let's come on. Let's get, you know what? Let's go out and fight and beat Penn state. That was the game. They, they had one game left that they were favored in on the schedule going into tonight. That's the one go out and crush Penn state get the win, get Anthony Leal 20, you know, let, let's have a great night or great day. And then everybody, please come to upstairs afterward. If you're in the area, if you're in Indy and you don't have tickets to the game, drive down, they're going to do a watch party upstairs. It's completely free to come. We want to see and meet all of you guys. So please show up in person at upstairs after the game or during it. And we'll be there. We're going to do a post game show uh, live. We're going to have raffles, giveaways, you know, whatever, uh, the guys from Crimson Cast going to be there. Hard Truth Distillery is uh, is sponsoring the event. Uh, come have a drink with us, hang out, and and let's have a good night uh, on Saturday. Really excited uh, flying out there on Thursday. Love to be back in Bloomington. I am incredibly excited. So find us out on the town Friday night and hang out with us uh, all day Saturday. Uh, we look forward to seeing all you guys. So that's my lingering question: Is are you going to come? Because you should. You don't want to miss out on this. It uh, it is uh, one of the things we look forward to getting everyone together on the team, but also meeting a lot of you and and the reason that this is so uh, so much fun and and, and important is because of uh, the the chat mob and the listeners uh, uh, all all around. So we have AC Radio on Thursday. Um, some of you, Ryan, you'll be in Bloomington already on Thursday. I so will. You won't be part of that. Um, I believe I'll be I on a plane at that moment. I might, I yeah. might know. I might already have landed by then. Yeah. And Jared will be um, uh, flying out early Friday morning. So I think it's Andy and I, and and I'm not sure who else will join us. But we'll talk about this game and we'll preview Penn State. Penn State is a game that Indiana needs to win, uh, even with the injuries. Both they're these, they're yeah. a team with Mike Rhodes, the new coach who came from VCU, uh, taking over for Micah Shrewsbury. So it's a program in 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 a little bit of flux starting up. Uh, so this is a. a a game that Indiana at home should take care of business. And as Ryan said, we have the live meetup after Penn State. There's probably not going to be a live post-game show on YouTube uh, where you can watch if you're not in Bloomington because it'll be live. We are going to tape it, uh, and then um, we'll post the live recording later. But I don't think we're going to go uh, actually live. Video uh, live, over. yeah. So, um, you know, that uh, – Make sure you you note that and don't uh, uh, plan on, on doing that. But you're listening to the IU 
the assembly call IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends again at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout to, to get 15% off your first order. Okay, guys, it's time for um, our last call. Uh, Bob, your thoughts tonight, final thoughts on Indiana's 74-68 to win over the Iowa Hawkeyes. We're, you know, this was, again, I felt like today it was a must win for Indiana at home against Iowa. They needed a win that was kind of more quad. And I think there'll be a, probably be a quad two win eventually coach is, you know, you're yes. more of the bracketologist. Yep. So you need those quad twos, those quad ones. They have plenty of opportunities for quad one for quad twos. And it may be a few quad ones coming up, but you had to knock this one down at the very least to snap a three game losing streak. So I'll take a win every day of the week. Like I said, win ugly. That's fine. You know, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. So, you know, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the win. Ryan, your last call. Let's enjoy this night for Anthony Leal. Uh, it's great to get a win. Everything, you know, quad two, quad one. Like it doesn't matter. That kid stepped up and in 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 his in the arena that he wanted to play in, in the uniform he wanted to play in his whole life, and won the game for Indiana. Uh, that's awesome. It really, really is, and it's a great story. I, I, you know, this season hasn't gone the way that I think people hoped it would so far, uh, but tonight was was a, a bright point, and it's something that we should remember when we look back on this season. This is a night we shouldn't overlook. It's pretty awesome that a kid went to school, spent three years essentially not playing a whole lot, and then as a senior, when his team needed him, he stepped up and had the biggest game of his career and got them a win that they desperately, desperately needed. That's the story tonight. hundred percent. That's the story. So I feel great for Anthony Leo. I'm incredibly happy uh, for him. We all should be. Uh, and it's just a great story of a, a, not just an Indiana kid, but a Bloomington kid stepping up and having a huge game his senior year uh, to get a win. And just, you could see how much it meant to him at the end. He grabbed that last rebound. He's fist pumping while the clock's still running, you know, and good for him, man. Good for him. Well, well said, uh, for me, it's this credit to the fans. I got a couple te- texts from people who were at, at Assembly Hall, and they said the atmosphere down the stretch was uh, incredible and what they loved about Assembly Hall. And I know the frustration levels are there for all of us, uh, but that's what Indiana basketball was about tonight. Uh, young men overcoming some adversity within the game, some injuries of their fellow teammates, and, and finding a way to claw out a victory in front of a, a really excited uh, crowd. So uh, kudos out to those of you who are in the hall tonight uh, and the energy that you brought down the stretch helping our guys achieve uh, the victory. So uh, that's going to do it uh, for us tonight. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly call. Don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops with you on Thursday. Until then, take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Hey. The show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. Going to be a fun night for Coach. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> All right, right, everybody. Hey, everybody, See, I will not see you Thursday. I will see you Saturday. I can't wait to see you guys all in person. Wait, are you saying Friday or Saturday? 
Well, I'll see everybody at the meetup on Saturday. Oh, Saturday Friday, right. Friday night, we're going to be out at the bars, and they can come find us if we want. We're always at Nick's in the same place. Come find us. We'll uh, probably yeah, Nick's, Nick's and upstairs at some point on Friday night as well, I would yeah. imagine, at both spots. Yeah, and then wherever I'm else sure. we end up. Yeah, I mean, after a couple, who knows where we're going to. I, I got to drag coach back home. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. It's, I'm kind of hard to find. <laughs> you, you are, know, so man. You disappear. We, we've, just, we've thought about a leash. Like, yeah. not, wait, I want to be clear. Weemoth and I were wondering what our dues were to like join back home network. Like Mike and I were actually talking about this. Okay. Okay. And we were, I'm You're thinking, buying drinks Friday night. That's yeah, the- <laughs> you beat me to it. You have to open a tab at Nick's for all of us. <laughs> And then that's 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 your dues. So Bob, it's okay. a college town. It's cheap. Don't worry. I, I mean, it's I, 130 I I, people, but it's cheap. I, 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 I I've never been caught holding that bar tab in my life. So, <laughs> no, no, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan I think is, I might be the last time I actually physically saw you when you were in Columbus, and we might have been at the Fourth Street together, and I may have been holding that tab also. <laughs> So if you uh, if you're in Bloomington, you can always go up and ask for the Bob Moats oh. tab. And just, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> at, at upstairs night, or wherever. It's Bob Moats. Bob Moats. No, the ownership group's like, no, we know better. We know this guy. He's yeah. he's he's already out the back door. Yeah. Right door he so already owes the us fourteen hundred dollars. We're not putting more on. <laughs> We're not putting it. more on that thing. No, and then Bob, hey. what you do is you take that big tab and you walk over to Jared and say, "This needs to go on the BHN card." It's yes, the back that's of the, the card that's the key. That. Yeah. That's, that's the key. key. All right, whatever tab you get, just pass it over. Um, <laughs> so, uh, are you coming in Friday night, or are you going to? I know you live close. Oh, so. oh man! I mean, I'm je- I'm going to jet over Friday night, you know, cool. and and, and so hang we'll out with you guys. Yeah, you'll see me then. Awesome. And then, you know, our debate was basically, you know, it's like, okay, I, I, it sounds like I'm going to be saying Saturday also, so I got to prep my wife for this. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, it's your one yeah. requirement every year. You got to be there. You got to be there. I I think I can do that. I mean, if that's my one, I'll I mean, I'll take those every day of the week. I think uh, uh, Andy's wife will be there. Mrs. Tonsoni will be there. So bring the misses. <laughs> Uh, Jen and, and Amy, man, they're like two yeah. of the best people on the planet. So we're excited. They're calm. I, I, they're the ones who make I sure think, we get home at like two in the morning. And they also Friday make night. fun of us the entire time, which is just worth the price of admission. I, I, I think the I think Beth will probably look for a next year sort of thing. She wants a scouting report from Mike at this point, you know, to totally. make sure that she can be trusted. Shoot lots of video. Be like, a yeah. Tech, yeah. Is Jen flying in for this? Jen and Tim? I, I don't know. I see Jen in the chat. Uh-huh. I wonder that it would be very disappointing if she didn't. But anyway, yeah. Megan, Megan, mm-hmm. don't you have tax stuff to do? Or do you, it's 1027. <laughs> what are you doing? Ah, your partner's in here, Bob. Uh, Jen's coming. Mike. <laughs> All right. Jen will be there. Hey, Mike, get that, get that debit card ready, buddy. <laughs> get that, yeah. get that debit card ready. Call the accountant. Can... Let him know. It's going to be, it's going to be quite the week. This is why I need adults. This this is why I need adult supervision right here, right now. I need adult supervision at all times. Yeah. All right, everybody. Look what I negotiated for us. Good night, everybody. We'll see you Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Peace, everyone. We'll be there.